number 25, what should be a happy podcast when uh, the Jets pull off a huge upset. I mean, that's a, I mean, when you step back, this is a huge upset. The team it's is enormous. It's they're, enormous. Yeah, yeah, they're a good team. The Jets are absolutely terrible. They're on the road, all, everything. I mean, this, this, and, and then this is the bizarre world we live in is that I'm freaking pissed off and feel like my someone kicked me in the face or or ran over my dog or something and then and, and this is this is what the jets do to you man what's up Vort? i'm literally speechless i'm still reeling and i realize now that even though uh, i told you numerous times i kind of don't want to go 0 and 16 right now i feel like the entire team and the janitor got a hold of me and did, went to task on me in the team parking lot this is horrendous Th- this is a nightmare I feel like Mecky Beckton tackled me. This is yeah. I I don't want to delve into this game too much itself. I mean, a couple of little pointers, but this is this is all about the misery and and how literally I'm 51 years old. I am going to be eligible for Social Security by the time Trevor Lawrence retires as in the Hall of Fame with the Jaguars. I am. This is this is what this is now. They they another meaningless December win for so many years. The Jets would lose every game in December when it mattered. Now they win it when it doesn't matter. And this is. It's just it's part and parcel of being a fan of this freaking franchise. And you know what's uh, what's funny slash sad, not really funny, is uh, the thing that I was thinking to myself as well. At least the final fuck you that Adam Gaze gave us on his way out the door is here. You go, you guys are the last zero and sixteen team. That that's my last fuck you to you. And I was wrong, and I was wrong in the worst possible way. His last fuck you out the door was he dropped his pants, he touched his toes, he fought it in the office, and he said, there's no way I'm letting you guys have a generational talented quarterback who has a legit chance to turn you into real contenders for years to come. This is just, uh, Robbo, in in a million years, when when I go over the game, and you and me discussed this. There's a possibility that the Rams just don't show up. They're not world beaters. They're a solid team. They're a very well-coached team. They're not world beaters. I did not imagine a win on the road. I didn't foresee this. I didn't want this. And that's what the Jets do to you. This is the typical Jets. When a win feels like a loss, and not only feels like a loss, this win feels like the worst loss in years. I feel like my 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 Jets internal clock is a week off. I, I my Seattle <laughs> prediction was this week, right? My my Raiders prediction was last week. So I'm I'm a week I'm a, I'm a week early. I, I I predicted the Jets would would lose badly and look bad, and then they got the exact same game in Seattle the following week. Now I predicted they would do pretty much the same thing, and they got the exact game I predicted against Seattle. I mean this this is what I predicted against Seattle. The Jets Absolutely. are going to show up Absolutely. when you least expect them to, and they and they maybe maybe win the game. And this, I'm just so freaking devastated right now. I really am. I am completely devastated because I've been through this kind of shit before. And, you know, it's not like I'm old, but I am definitely old enough where 15 years is going to make a huge difference. And I realize, listen, there's that part of me that realizes this is an overreaction. Everybody's overreacting. Trevor Lawrence could be great and the Jets could still get it together if Douglas is the guy, blah, 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 blah. But for one time, just once, I wanted things to go the way they should go for the Jets. And they never 
do. If they get anything done, it's always got to be the hard way. And this is this is just this is a devastating win. You usually talk about a devastating <laughs> win. This is this is devastating. And my biggest fear was the Rams' bad offense shows up and the Jets would when we'd sweat it out. But the Jets took control and to their credit, the Jets c- took control of this game early and you know they tried their best to give it away. But the Rams outjetted us, and then in the end, the, you know the Jets just held on. And Adam Gase, the first time all year, called all the right plays at the end to get the Jets to win. So I'll, I will give that scumbag fuck his his due. He uh, you know he went and got that first down at the end of the game when he could have just ran the ball and gave it back to him at the two minute warning, and he didn't. So I you know, I, I am nothing if not fair. It's you're absolutely right. Give credit where it's due. He he coached the right way. The team executed when we prayed that they wouldn't. This is again, like you said, obviously the in, the the first instinct is you overreact. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. Maybe tomorrow morning we'll come down. We'll kind of we'll take the win for what it is. We'll clearly all still be disappointed uh, because all the signs now point to us missing out on Trevor Lawrence. But right now, as I feel right now, sitting an hour, half an hour after the game talking to you, this makes the loss to the Raiders, this this makes the shellacking by the Seahawks, this makes the butt fumble, the fake spike, it, they all pale in comparison to how I feel right now. Because I actually, as of about two weeks ago, when, when the Raiders beat us, when the Raiders beat us in that last second uh, pass, I allowed myself to dream, and I said, fine, settle in for the winless season, Trevor Lawrence, how often can you say in your lifetime that my team landed a truly generational talent, which everybody seems to put that label on Lawrence, and this team fucking found a way to to rip the rug from under me, and not only that, they did it with a win. By all accounts, we should be discussing a good win, a big upset, a team that gave us something to celebrate. No, they made the win seem like the biggest goddamn loss in the franchise history, and it feels like that across the board. Oh, yeah, only the Jets can can actually get out there, play a game you nobody saw coming. Seventeen point underdogs on the road. They're zero and thirteen. They looked absolutely terrible, and they did everything right. You know, if you want to nitpick, there were a couple of things that they didn't do right, and we we can talk about those. But the Jets did everything right today. The Rams did not play a good game, and the Rams looked like they weren't prepared for the Jets at all. I mean, the Jets came out and all game. It wasn't like it was just a, a drive or two or the halftime adjustments or even third quarter. I mean, the Jets, with the exception of a couple of nitpicky things that we can get to took control of this game from the beginning and dominated the game. They were the better team today. As much as it pains me, they were the better team. And you're absolutely right. We should be sitting here discussing how amazing this was, how great this feels. We finally got our win, blah, 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 blah. And in, in any other year, you know, and this... Fucking Jets, man. In any other year where there's three quarterbacks you can talk about, right, where any one of them, you, you just don't have that one guy who is the guy where we'd be like, great, so big freaking deal. We pulled off an upset. It's great. We'll just get the other guy, you know? This is the year where it's the guy. There's no question. There's no debate. And, of course, another team is going to be 1-15, in 15 and we're not going to get the number one pick. How does this always happen to the Jets? They're going to be 1-15 in 15 and somehow end up with the second pick. This is so Jets and it's and no matter what happens, it's always the same shit. It's it's the Jets. There, there's just no other way to do it. Just when usually they usually they fuck us with losses, they actually found a way to fuck their fans with a win. I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is like if you were writing a movie, people would laugh at the script and say, "What kind of fiction bullshit are you writing that you got fucked over by a win?" But this is what happened, and 
it's just I'm speechless. I mean, I'm just glancing at the stats right now. Nothing pops. Darnold completed 22 out of 31 passes, but 207 yards, one touchdown. Frank Gore, 59 yards as a leading rusher. Leading receiver, six catches for 66 yards and no touchdowns. There is no stat that really jumps out at you like, wow, this guy really stepped up. And the Jets tried to give this game away in the second half. Even though they didn't completely self-destruct, they certainly... They certainly allowed the Rams to take it. And in the third quarter, it seemed like the Ravens, uh, the Rams would. And when it really mattered, the Rams outjetted the Jets. They found a way to give it away to a team that had no business even being in the game. A team that was a team that always finds a way to lose. It just, again, uh, usually we do a recap. We talk about the game. All I can think about is just how crushed I am by the by the next by the future of this franchise and the fact that yes, we might end up with a franchise quarterback. Maybe the new coach will turn around Darnold. There is that argument. There's an argument that next year, the year after that, in the next three or four years, we land another super talented rookie quarterback. But the fact is this year, all the stars were aligned. We sucked as much as as a team can suck in a year that you have a quarterback that Everybody is drooling over. I mean, I can't imagine him being a bust with as much hype, as much love and recognition as he's getting. And this was the year that it aligned for the Jets to land him and the franchise found a way. I still can't reconcile that we are we are literally drowning our sorrows away because of a win. And I look at the Jaguars. I'm sorry that true. I wanted to but, just jump in. Yeah, like, no, ahead, if you're a Jaguars fan, you won the first week of the season. So you're like, okay, you know, you won the first game. Now you're on your losing streak. To win now, if it happened when we were 0 6, 7, 8, even 0 9, fine. But you literally took it to the finish line. Like you said, you took it to December, the month when you're known to choke and collapse, the month where we can kind of chest bump each other and say, listen, the Jets never show up in December. As a matter of fact, they don't even show up when they need to show up and the games matter. And here they found a goddamn way to show up in December against a team that's fighting for a playoff bye. Uh, is, a, is a true division. Yeah. J- j- just unbelievable. On the road after... Oh, oh, oh. It's, this is not surprising because the Jets have done this um, several years now. They've done this kind of stuff, right? At 2014, it was the Winston and Mariota argument. Now, none of those guys turned out to be anything, but even then, neither of those guys was the guy everybody was like, hey, this is the guy, you know? It was just two good quarterbacks at the top of a draft, and the Jets managed to win a a December game against the Titans of all teams. Now, that game decided who got Mariota, so they ended up getting Mariota. The Jets win, okay? A couple of years ago, the Jets Jets won and, and knocked themselves into the sixth pick, uh, and that's wh- why they had to trade three second rounders to move up for Darnold. L- two years ago, they did the same thing. They were, they were, uh, yeah, it was two years ago. So last year they ended up seven and nine. Two years ago they did the same thing. Ended up with the third pick, and that's where they got Quinn and Williams. But this is what the Jets do. This is not surprising at all. And a lot of the fans, the longtime fans, are like, they will find a way to win. And I had finally, this is this is the same old Jets. It's when you start to believe, and it, and I guess it applies to negative too. I had finally started to believe that the Jets 
had lined everything up, had no, they got past the, the winnable games on their schedule. The only concern was, was week 17 against the Patriots. There's no way they go and beat the Rams. Rams coming off a, a long rest after a Thursday night game. They're a good team. They're in first place. All they got to do is beat the worst team in the league to stay in first place. And the Jets freaking go and do it. And for years and years, when the Jets were a competitive team, they would lose in December. But since they became non-competitive, they are winning meaningless December games regularly. They do it every year for the last few years. Even last year, they went seven and nine. But you know, seven and nine got them. Where did the Jets pick last year? They got um like 11, 12, 13, something like that. Yeah, who, 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 uh, we got we took Beckton in the first round, didn't we? Beckton, so eleven. That was eleven. So the Jets ended up eleven. They won a couple of meaningless games in December. That would have, you know, I remember they could have had the fifth or sixth pick, and they won something. You know, won six out of their last eight games. This is what the Jets do, and. You know, I, I can't fault the players, nor can I fault the organization. I know they're going to win. This is more of a cosmic thing. Like, the Jets just have no luck. I don't know what, you know, that whole name of, you know, selling his soul to the devil to beat the Colts in 1969. There really might be something to that because this is, it's amazing how they will always find a way. And, yes, the Rams totally, getting back to the game for a second, the Rams totally outjetted the Jets. The Jets didn't even play poorly. I mean, the defense eventually wore down a little bit and started giving up big plays. But then, you know, the Rams went, had the go. Go ahead, touchdown, and called back for a holding penalty. Then on that on that last drive where they, they you know, for once the Jets never gave them the ball back. On that last drive, the Rams failed on fourth down. But the play before that, they had like a twenty yard run to get in the red zone that was called back for a for I mean, which to me wasn't even a real penalty. That that was a block in the back. It didn't even look that bad. I mean, he was in, he was in the middle of blocking the guy, and then they got twisted up. The guy turned around, he pushed him down. Whatever. So they totally did what the Jets would normally do to give this game away. And then again, I will hopefully for the last time. This year, I'll give Adam Gase credit. The Jets, which earlier in the game, they ran the ball three times. It gave the Rams the ball back when they should have been trying to get a first down or at least run the ball. Uh, I'm sorry, they passed three times. So Gase didn't call the right plays that time. Six minutes left. Jets up, uh, I guess it was six, right? It was No, it was three. It was Jets up right, three. three they six missed minutes the field left goal. in the game. Right, and then and then and you know, and he throws the ball three times, gives the Rams back the ball fourteen seconds later. That is the time to run the ball. They have two timeouts. You, you either force them to call them, or at minimum, you take almost two minutes off the clock, and then maybe you try for first down, you punt it away. But if you're gonna just pass the ball three times, give it back to him, and then that doesn't make any sense. This time, at the end of the game, they did the right thing. They immediately came out and 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 passed and tried to get that first down. It was third and three, third and five, whatever it was. I don't even remember. I was disgusted at that point. And uh, and they and they passed. Instead of running the ball, because what they could have done was run the ball down to the two-minute warning and then punt it, giving the Rams the ball back with a, you know, a minute and 50 seconds or something like that. To their credit, they went and got the first down, and that was it. Then once I saw the victory formation, I felt like I felt like someone punched me in the stomach, man. It was... I've uh, I've been a football fan since 93, 94, so I've seen my share of bad things by the Jets today. And uh, sorry, to take it back one step, fans since 93, 94, a lot of losing seasons, much more losing than winning. Uh, obviously, never even come close to a championship. I've never once, uh, since 93, 94, becoming a fan, I never once cheered for the team to lose. I was okay with them winning whatever it was, the co-tight years when they won one game and three games. Uh the other bad years, the Todd Bowles years, never, never wanted them to tank to lose for a better quarterback until this year, and only late in the year when it kind of became obvious that the they're headed that way. So I kind of it wasn't that I cheered for it, I I accepted it, I was at peace with it, and I saw the bright, bright light at the end of that tunnel because it was going to be the ultimate 
It was going to be the ultimate uh, rock bottom, but the but the savior was right there. Like I, I saw Lawrence standing on top of our grave, illuminated and saying, "Guys, I will his save long, you." His long, his long hair, his long hair, blowing his long hair yes, literally like Jesus standing. Uh, yeah. So it was all there, and it's instead of after a loss. It's after a win that I find myself for the first time in my life as a Jet fan. I've had down years, down times, feeling terrible, feeling uh, feeling pity for myself. Tonight is the first time that I can honestly tell you I feel what I would imagine the Cubs fans felt like during the whole 100-plus year uh, shutout uh, in the race for a championship. I feel... What the uh, what the Red Sox fans must have felt for all those years, never felt it before. Even though we were just as bad, never felt it before. There was always that hope. There was something. Tonight, after a win, I feel like the fans of those two franchises. I feel cursed. I feel doomed. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I see us being mediocre at best. I don't know where and how the solution will come from. Meanwhile, we have to. F- this is happening in a year when New England finally the kind of the, the end of their dominance has come and they have to watch Buffalo not only become a good team but become a really good team they have to watch the Dolphins compete for a playoff spot so the time when fi- when Brady finally leaves the division the Jets are the only one of the three other teams that are still not lined up to make a run at the division title or be a legitimate team what the Jets are going to do is uh, they they are going to let let the Patriots not be the last place team for the next five years. The Jets will be happy to keep the Patriots out of the cellar while Miami and Buffalo compete for the top, and the Jets and Patriots will be you know three and four, uh, not in that order. Patriots Jets will be three and four while you know while while the Patriots rebuild, and by the time the Patriots rebuild, the Jets will still be down there. This this is what it feels like. It's just it's just a never ending cycle now. Again, we we are totally overreacting. We are we are going crazy over something that may not matter. And you know, hopefully, we'll, we'll look at this differently in a day or two. I am still going to be upset that they didn't get Lawrence. You know, our only consolation now is that hopefully Joe Douglas is as good as we think he is, exactly, and that he can he can build anyway. And that's our only that's our only real hope because if not. If not, we're going to be in an endless cycle while Trevor Lawrence kicks the shit out of us. You know, whenever whenever he plays us, and we look at him like, God damn it, we could have had him. It's like Peyton Manning all over again. Uh, a little different, at least. You know, the Jets had the opportunity, and he went back because the Jets were stupid enough not to guarantee they were taking him. But this is like that all over again. This is the guy. This is supposedly the guy. No other year. In the past seven or eight years, has there been the guy? There's been a few guys. Some guys emerge. I mean, Joe Burrow was taken number one, but nobody looked at him like that. You know, Justin Herbert is turning into a really good quarterback. No one really looked at him like that. So, but this is the guy. This is the guy that could do what Manning did for the for the Colts and what Luck later did for the Colts, even though he never won anything. That was more on the Colts. But even when, you know, even though, though they they had trouble building around him, whatever, he still had them competitive and good. And this was supposed to be that guy for the Jets, and and they've lost that opportunity. So now they have to do it the hard way, and you know, we'll have to see what happens. And, it's- and I, I know it's kind of comparing apples to oranges, but look at Arizona Cardinals. They uh, they hired a young, talented coach. They identified a quarterback who was coming out, uh, who was not. Uh, a lot of people really liked him, but nobody was pen- penciling him in as the next Peyton Manning. Paired with the right coach, put in the right system, 
Look at the Cardinals. They look fantastic. They, they're fighting for a playoff spot. Same thing, even though obviously they fucked us tonight. The Rams did the same thing. Hired the coach. He turned around their young quarterback. Same thing with the Bengals. Even though their coach has not performed up to par so far, Borrow sure looked like a franchise quarterback until his knee injury. All those teams. And with the Jets, what we are stuck with is praying that our general manager knows what the fuck he's doing and he he can build a team, which is kind of the cycle I feel we've been on. It was Idzik and who was uh, the guy uh, the guy that came after Idzik? My, his name is slipping my mind right now for some McCagnon. reason. Uh, McCagnon. So we were doing the same thing. We were talking first. We were saying Idzik is a cap guy. McCagnon is the right guy. We're Who the hell, what fan in their right mind puts their hopes and dreams on a general manager, not a player, not a wide receiver, running back, quarterback, not even a head coach. We are putting our hopes and dreams on a goddamn general manager who doesn't even develop the talent he drafts. He just he just drafts. But this is what we are left to deal with. Yeah, and and the the reason for that though is that again you go back to your comment about the stars aligning, and what I've been saying all this time is that this is the year where everything falls into place. The Jets are going to be truly terrible finally in a year when when they can when they can turn things around with a quarterback. They will be getting rid of the coach. They have a GM who is who is seemingly knows how to build the team from the inside out instead of the way the Jets usually do it, which is bad draft picks and and um. And bad free agent signings, and then you have to. What you had to hope was that after they fire Gaze, that he would get the right guy in here. And then if he does get the right guy in here, you draft the right guys, they develop the right guys, and then all of these little pieces that have to come together to be a winning franchise would come together for the Jets. You know, step one is only step one to to be bad enough to get Lawrence. I mean, you still have to follow through on it, which is something I've been saying all this time too. But step one is the biggest part. If you don't get past step one, then you're you're just like everybody else and you, you you're letting and worse you're letting a, a conference opponent get that guy not and again that is not to say the Jets should have lost on purpose it's again that cosmic shit what luck whatever but that was this was the year where all of it fell into place in the same year for the first time since I could remember you know there was quarterbacks you wanted to lose for there was you know but you had a GM you had a bad coach you had all this that the other they have cap space they they had they have a bunch of draft picks I mean the Jets have everything to draft this kid build around him a GM that knows what he's doing, hopefully get the right coach in here. And now, now again, you can still get the right coach in here. You still have those draft picks. It's just not going to be the guy. And, you know, we'll have to hope that we can, quote, unquote, settle for the next guy and hope he'll be good too. But it would have been really, really nice to have all those things going for us and get the guy. I Listen, you're 100% right. You can't fold the players. You, you actually have to you actually have to applaud them for still finding the will to fight to show up. You can't even fault the buffoon Gaze, who is paid to coach, and he did not want to quit. He fuck him. He's doing the right thing. Uh, you can't fault anybody in the organization because you show up to to win, and the, the players most of all they they show that they have pride. They didn't want to just cave, but goddamn, does this potentially set the franchise back? I mean. This is a quarterback league. It all starts with the quarterback. I'm not uh, I'm not opening up any secrets here. Anybody who's watched football for a week knows that it's all about the quarterback. And we we just we just lost our golden parachute. We did. But 
we, you know, in the best case scenario, which of course will never work for the Jets, in the best case scenario, all we did was make it harder because if all the other things are in place and you do get a good coach in here, then they're going to be okay. There's other quarterbacks in there. There's never just only one quarterback that turns out to be good. So maybe Trevor Lawrence will be really good and, and he'll be Andrew Luck. He'll go to a team that that is not good. He, you know, he won't. They won't build around him correctly, and he'll just have them at ten and six, and eleven and five, and twelve and four, and division titles, but never get over the hump. Maybe that happens, and maybe the Jets, if everything works out right with Douglas and the coach and all of this, and if 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 maybe the Jets can build something and be okay. It just makes it harder, but it, it would have been really, really nice to be able to get that kid in here and have the, the building block to start, rather than than hoping and praying for the building block, which is where they are now. So now, what do you do with the number two? pick because i mean jacksonville is not beating chicago or the Colts on the road so who what do you do with the number two pick what is what is your option here i mean your three options are to trade out to take a quarterback or take someone other than a quarterback and so what would you do eugene vorman you are the jets gm you're on the clock so obviously the first thing the the impulse is let's take the next best quarterback but me what's the name of this podcast remind me again the fake spike Exactly. And we are the dark siders. So if we have the number two pick, I fully believe that we end up with somebody like Ryan Leaf. Um, if we have a new coach, so, so here's where I think the reason why I can't put myself on a spot as a GM is the first thing I believe is we have to identify and hire a new coach. That coach needs to sit down and have a conversation with Joe Douglas. And that coach needs to be honest and frank and say, I believe that I can make Sam Darnold the quarterback in the NFL. Or that coach has to say, no, Sam Darnold is not it. And then you have a tough decision because you're not drafting a running back, a, uh, a wide receiver, or whoever else that might be at number two. So the logical option would be trading back. And then you're looking at another offensive lineman, or maybe the Jets finally pull a trigger if there is a wide receiver who really tickles their fancy and they see a legit playmaker, somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald in his prime, a, a true playmaker. Uh, so right now, my option is if a new if a new coach really has his eye on another quarterback and he believes that uh, that quarterback is the one to build around we do we do take the gamble and we go with the quarterback at number two however that may be uh it might be fields it might be somebody else who emerges there's always a name that comes up as a sexy name that uh, wasn't really in a conversation when the when the year starts or trading back. I think those are the only reasonable options, but I'm not ready to make that uh, that decision right now. We have to identify a coach and we have to we have to be in sync with his philosophy and his feedback and we have to go based on that. Oh, screw you for being so logical. You're absolutely right. The coach is going to make the difference. And you know, to go back to your Cliff Klingsbury example, that's the great example is the Cardinals probably were not looking at a, at a quarterback there. And then he came in and said, this is the guy I want. But what I would do, and this is just a, an emotional snap judgment at this moment in time based on assuming we're going to get the number two pick and not even knowing who's out there, is I, I would either grab an offensive tackle if there's one rated that high um, or... I would look to trade back. I don't want a quarterback there. I don't unless and listen unless someone else emerges. I you know I, earlier in the year I loved Justin Fields. I don't love him anymore. He has not looked good the last two games. Ohio State quarterbacks have don't really turn out well. So I'm kind of backpedaling on the whole Justin Fields thing. So I would look to trade back, stay in the top ten, get another quarterback there. So if I'm not taking that tackle, I'm taking a quarterback in, in somewhere else in the top ten or the low teens. 
and then I'm having him come in and I'm giving Donald his final year because the Jets don't have to trade Donald this year. They can gamble, and if he turns out to be good, they can make a decision then because some team will trade for him then. If he turns out to be bad, they're going to let him walk and they get nothing for him, but that's the gamble you take when you you know when you win stupid games. So I would let this I would let the new guy come in. Donald's still on my team. They compete. The better guy plays and and we take it from there and then I look to use all my other picks to build as much as I can around these guys and that 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 is my first snap judgment I will and, say um, I strongly disagree with you here strongly disagree with you because if we trade back if we trade back I'm okay with trading back but you're sure as hell not trading back staying in the top 10 or let's say top 12 uh, I don't want to trade below that and like you said hopefully in the top 10 I am not trading out of the t- uh, second spot staying in the top 10 to draft a quarterback who, by all accounts, will probably be the third best quarterback in this year's draft because Lawrence is going one, and I assume if a team trades into number two spot is they identified the second best quarterback in the draft, nobody's trading up to take an offensive lineman, wide receiver, or a tight end at number two. That means some other GM or coach identified, whoever that may be, let's say for the argument's sake it's Fields, they identify him as the guy. So now you're trading out of a second spot to have to pick up what you're saying would be the third best quarterback in the draft. If you're going to trade down, you're trading down to go to offensive line, defensive end, maybe the best cornerback in the draft, or uh, or a wide receiver, a playmaker that's not a quarterback. The one option I do not see is trading down and staying with the QB. Ooh, we finally disagree, baby. Okay, let me let me let me explain to you what I've been thinking here while you were saying all of that is that. We have a generational quarterback, which is something that that comes along every few years. It's not it's not something that happens every year. In every other year, which we talked about earlier, you have four, three, two, whatever it is, quarterbacks, and nobody's sure about them. They're all you know. This team will love a guy. This other team won't. This one will. This one won't. If I don't love anybody at number two. I'll let someone else have them for you know for their first round pick, another first round pick next year, maybe their second round pick. The number two pick is going to be worth five picks, you know, probably two first rounders, a couple of second rounders, and and maybe another one. If a team thinks they're getting their quarterback, if I drop down to seven, eight, nine, and I'm getting the third best quarterback, and only again, not just for the sake of it doing it, but I've identified that there are three great quarterbacks, or everybody loves this number two guy, but I don't. I like this third guy. Then by all means, I'm doing that. Now the only way. I stay at number two and take a quarterback as if I really love a guy, because if you take a quarterback for the sake of taking it, just because he's supposed to be there, you're doing the wrong thing. So I would maximize my potential. I would either, if, if they identify one, that's great. If they identify a guy that they think they can get a little bit later and get a bunch of picks and get them anyway, that's great. Or you take your offensive tackle. Like you said, they're not taking a receiver or a running back for sure. So you're talking about a, a, a huge impact um, you know, a huge impact defensive lineman who can get to the quarterback. So or the next rusher, or Rivas, I'll be okay with that. A true shutdown corner. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, but corners. I don't know, man. I don't know if corners go that high anymore. You know, I think the only thing you're taking there is a quarterback, a an offensive lineman, like a, a stud offensive lineman, Correct. or. Or, or an edge rusher who gets the quarterback. That's it. Right, you chase young right. type, you know. That those are the only those are your options. So if you don't have one of those other two guys there, you either take a quarterback if you've identified one, or you trade back, get some picks, and then and then start picking from there. But 
mine is predicated on the fact that if there's only one generational guy, then you're rolling the dice on the rest of them. Why not roll the dice, get a bunch of picks and, and take your, your third best guy unless you really think that there's a clear number two. And from everything I've seen, I don't know that everybody thinks there's a clear number two. I've seen Justin Fields. I've seen people arguing about Trey Lance. I've seen them arguing about Kyle Trask. I've seen them arguing about Zach Wilson. Now, I don't think any of those guys are going to go number two with, with the exception of Fields. But you know, like Josh Allen is a perfect example. Like people will talk about him slipping further down. He was inaccurate. He was this. The Bills traded to get him at six and look at him now. They put a good system around him. The guy was great. He wasn't the number one pick. And he turns out to be the best guy in, in so far, the best guy in a draft that did not have a generational talent. Yep. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Once you get past the generational talent, it's all a crapshoot. I just, I don't want to draft. A, if they're going to commit to the, let's say we take the third best quarterback, I don't want to keep Donald in the roster. I don't want to come because then, logically speaking, you, you're going to have that guy sit unless he really shows something in camp and in the preseason. So now we have an unknown sitting behind Donald and we are potentially losing one more year before we find out if he made the right choice or not. Um, even though deep inside, I'm like, you know what? I look at somebody like Pat Mahomes. I, I still love the idea of a quarterback sitting for a year and learning as long as you're surrounded by the right coaches. But the thought that I just had when you were talking, and obviously this is completely fake, but I was just like, yeah, that's the Jets. That's something they would do. I just imagined the commissioner coming at the podium and saying, the Jets are announcing that there will be a trade. The Jets are trading their number two pick to whoever that may be for the number eight pick. That's it. That's the Jets move. <laughs> a straight up trade. Two for eight. Well, you, my friend, just made my argument for me by saying that, hey, you know, you you, you see the value in letting a guy sit for you. That is exactly it. If you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is being handed the job wherever he goes. There's no question that unless somehow he's not ready or he gets hurt, it's Trevor Lawrence's job. It does not seem to be a guy in here. And, and again, it's, it's December. We haven't even gotten through bowl games yet, much less the senior day game and the combine and everything else so there does not seem to be a clear-cut number two at this point so there is nothing wrong if you have a guy like the Jets do in Darnold that's not to say he's good but you have an established guy who's been in the league who you know your worst case is you have him for another year and then you let him walk there is no reason not to let a guy sit behind him if he is not ready and he it may not be the, the guy you hand the reins to immediately so the Jets now, and it was it was a no-brainer to get rid of Darnold if you get Trevor Lawrence. It is no longer a no-brainer at that point if you think you can develop Darnold by getting a coach in here and you give him that one more year when you have his heir apparent waiting in the background. It's, it's a completely different dynamic. With Trevor Lawrence, you trade Darnold for whatever you can get. It's his team for the, hopefully the next 12 to 15 years, and you don't have to worry. Everybody else does not afford you that option. But to me, if you do that, you have somebody like an Alex Smith, somebody like a Fitzpatrick, uh, a career mediocre quarterback uh, who kind of hold the spot. Because let me give you a scenario. And again, I know we're digressing a little bit, but uh, this is kind of fun. Let me give you a scenario. We draft a quarterback. We, we trade out, We trade down to 8, 9, 10, whatever that may be. We take a quarterback at that spot who is not going to start day one. New coach comes in. The Jets finish six and ten or seven and nine but darnold looks i don't want to say fantastic but darnold looks good enough uh considering we're still building around him he shows immense improvement under the new coach now you're kind of stuck are we gonna let him go because whoa this coach really has uh, has him playing well or did we just waste 
a number eight, number nine draft pick, which should have gone to either somebody who's going to be an immediate starter, whether on defense or a fantastic weapon to put around Sam Darnold. Now we wasted that pick on a quarterback who uh, we don't really have room to put him in there. So that's kind of my fear. It's it's almost like it's a lost pick. That's a good point. However, here's here is my thinking on that. I, I agree. It may be a, a wasted pick, but you have to play the we need a quarterback game. You just have to now find out whether you actually do or not. So in your scenario, you get the right coach in here. He's got Darnold playing absolute lights out and Again, assuming that this guy can develop talent, if he if he can turn Donald around in one year, he can probably do a pretty good job with your rookie. Okay, at that point now, you you now have a great problem because you either have a quarterback that has now ending his fourth year has turned it around, or you have a quarterback that everybody is going to want, and you can probably get a first round pick for him then. And your coach is hopefully developing your backup quarterback who is your rookie, give him the job next year, and then you now get you now have a good problem in that Sam Darnold gets you a good pick and your rookie is uh, is now your starter. In your worst case scenario, the rookie is not developable, developable, developable. Is that even a word? You can't develop your rookie. <laughs> and uh, Sam Darnold does not improve. Then you're stuck with two shitty guys and then you, you have no, no recourse at all. That's your worst case. Your best case um, is is the one I gave, and then you know your most likely case is Donald doesn't turn around enough, but he shows some improvement. You give the job to the rookie during the course of the year, and you get more for Donald than you would right now because you know right now Donald would be lucky to get you a fourth round pick. Although if you want to trade him today after today's game, I'm all for it. Go get something, you know. So that that's my thinking on that. I, I you know I d- don't forget that the Jets you may have wasted that first round pick or in your estimation wasted the first round pick on a guy you could have used it on but they also got three other picks at least for giving up that second spot. So you've got a little bit of a safety. That's there. that's the golden that's the silver lining in all of this is you re- you in the NFL draft picks are gold and hopefully that would be the hole that will really allow the Jets to build depth with the obviously assuming that Joe Douglas doesn't miss on his draft picks. The only thing, and I'm pretty much done because I'm going to go drink my miseries away tonight after I'm going to cry over a victory. The only thing that, the only scenario that makes this night even worse is uh, after the season is over, the first day, the Black Monday when the quarterbacks are getting fired, uh, I can see the ownership announcing that win against the Rams clearly showed that the team has not quit on Adam Gase and he deserves one more year to show what he can do. At that point, I am telling you, at that man. point, I do a mic drop and I no longer follow the Jets. I, I was just going to say, you have my word. It will be on the air after I edit it and put it out there. If the Jets keep Adam Gase after this season, I will be done. I will be shutting down my Rob the Docksider page. I'll be shutting down all of it. I will be out the door because that would show me that I have absolutely no hope whatsoever of seeing anything in my lifetime. Right now, I am at the point where if I see something, I'm going to be an older guy who can't enjoy it like I want to. I want to still be young. No, seriously, I still want to be young enough to get out there and and be there in, in a bar with you and my other Jet friends drinking my ass off. And when the Jets win, we are literally, and I mean literally crying. I want to jump. Super, I want to celebrate. I, exactly. I don't yeah. want to be sitting there drooling into a napkin. I want to enjoy this. I want to hug you. I want to jump like little kids and yeah. really enjoy the moment. 
Yes. Then I want to go out and celebrate and I want to wake up the next morning with the worst hangover ever <laughs> and, and be happy for it. And then wonder if it really happened and then go read every internet article, listen to every radio show I possibly can to, to, to revel in it. And, and that's what I want. Now, if it happens when I'm 65, I'm just going to be a somewhat older guy. I'm not going to be out there drinking my ass off like that. I'm going to just be, you know, I'm going to be with my kids who at that point will be in their 20s and they'll be the ones drinking their asses off and i'll just be you know like oh finally dad and grandpa we won right? <laughs> that that's right that that's what we're looking at here then your worst case scenario is that is what i think is going to happen is the jets are going to finally win a super bowl and i'm like 90 in a in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank and everybody in the fucking room and i'll give you an example why right in a second everybody in the room and everybody i know is going to be so happy for me that they cry because they finally won before i croak that is that is and the worst they'd be lucid enough to realize it yeah well i'll be lucid enough to realize it but i'm gonna be like everybody's pitying me rather than like truly happy now the reason i know that's gonna happen is because my phone blew up today after this game like like the mets had like the jets had won the super bowl it wasn't even like you, you would think that people would text me if the if if you know, in a good in a good way, bad way, whatever. I had texts coming from everywhere about a meaningless December game. Half of them were like, "Oh my God, you guys finally won! You must be so happy!" Like, clearly, you're not listening. And uh, or or you know, the 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 more prevalent one was, "I can't believe fucking same old Jets, whatever." But so many people text me that you know. People are thinking of me when the Jets do something good or bad. What do you think is going to happen when I'm freaking 90 and they finally win? Anybody who is younger than me and is still around is going to be like, oh, my God, that poor Rob. They finally did it after all these years. And that's what I don't want to happen. I want it to happen in the next five or six years where I can where I can talk, do that hangover thing I told you about. Wake up with the hangover and start reading the Internet and then get out there and, and get some hair to dog again. That's what I want. I'm with you. But for tonight, like I said, the, vic- the smell of victory never stunk so bad and I'm gonna sign off on that this is just a miserable night on that note we will uh, catch up during the week it's the Fake Spike Podcast thanks for listening in and uh, Wart you have yourself a good week catch you next time stay safe bye